Hey, thanks for tuning in to the Highmark Church Podcast. Our heartbeat is to help people find and follow Jesus. So we pray this message encourages you, strengthens you, and helps you pursue the purpose Jesus has for you. You say, well, why is money tied to our heart? And I think a lot of times we have trouble understanding the connection between our finances, our money, and really our faith in what God's doing. And sometimes we're looking to get free. We're looking for God to do something in our life. We're looking for him to uh, make an impact or change something about us. But I think a lot of times we can't get there. We have trouble. There's something kind of like a roadblock there that uh, we have to realize that it's a heart issue when it comes to finances because when you give God access to your heart, this is, get this today, I want this to settle in with you today, is that when you give God access to your heart, and when he has access to your heart, he can then change your habits, okay? You have to give him access. So if we see that finances is tied to God, giving God our whole life and access to our whole life, because finances touch so many areas of our, of our life, that we have to give him access, and that when we give him access, then he can change our habits. He, we give him access to our heart. He changes our habits. And when we can change our habits, he can impact our entire life. Okay? And that's the truth of why we're on this topic of finances. That's why we're talking about it. And everyone thinks they're generous, right? Everyone thinks they're generous until it comes to their french fries. Are you, are you with me today? Come on, right? You know, if I, Jamie and I, we out, we got, we were getting some fries and uh, she'll be like, oh, I don't want any fries. Uh, and then next thing I know, when I get my fries, her hand's floating over my direction, right? And I feel like, hey, years of, of marriage, I feel like, man, I would just want to swat that hand away, you know? But uh, I feel like at times we feel like we're more generous than we really are. I think we have to kind of check our heart in that and wonder, say, hey, am I really generous? And I, today I want to talk about the fact that there's different levels to generosity, when you're giving and when it comes to giving and when it comes to generosity, there's different levels. I remember my buddy, Kenny, I grew up with him as a friend in middle school and uh, grew up with him and his parents owned a couple car dealerships and uh, we used to have fun hanging out and, and things like that. And one time he invited me uh, to, to go to his beach house with their family on vacation for a few days. My, fam my parents said, yeah, it's great. They were friends with their, their parents. So we went, and I remember they said, hey, we, we just built this new house on the beach. And I was like, man, this is going to be awesome. It could have been a shack on the beach. I would have been impressed because it was right on the water. But I remember that we pulled into the house, into the garage, and we pulled in, and we closed the garage door. And I knew something right then was going to be different because as we pulled in, uh, I saw that in the back of the garage was an elevator that went up to the next story. And I was like, wow, wow, the, a house with an elevator. And so we went up into the, the main floor of the house, and it was beautiful, great views on the, uh, of the beach and the ocean. And the main floor had the kitchen and just living space, and it was awesome. And then he took me upstairs, and he showed me some of the bedrooms. And, and I, I thought, it kind of had in my mind, I thought, okay, this is great. Look at the two levels. And then we, he shows me all that. I, I see it. I'm like, this is amazing. He goes, 
Well, and then the, the next level up is actually the entire master suite. That's my parents' bedroom, that whole level. And I just about lost it. I'm a middle school kid, and I had never, ever in my mind fathomed a thought that this would have a fourth floor. And I thought, man, that is a whole nother level. Have you ever had an experience like that where you've seen something and you're like, that is a whole nother level than what I thought. And that day, my mind was awakened, my heart, and I was like, I could not believe that there was a fourth level to this. And I, I share that today because I just want you to get in your heart and your understanding today that that there are levels when it comes to our giving and our generosity. And I want to talk a little bit about those today. And I want to focus in on a scripture for John chapter 12. It's a scripture where we see a, a very generous act. We see a connection between Jesus and uh, Lazarus and, and Martha and Mary. And these are friends of Jesus. And it's just days before that Jesus would be arrested and crucified that he's in Bethany and he's doing ministry, but he takes a break and he goes to the house of Lazarus and they share a meal together. And in this moment, there's a, there's a, a, a great act of generosity I want to zero in and focus in on today. And this is what it says in John chapter 12. It says that six days before the Passover began, Jesus arrived in Bethany, the home of Lazarus. The man had raised, uh, he had raised from the dead. Okay, so get this. Jesus had just before this, raised Lazarus from the dead. He had been dead for several days, and Jesus comes into town, and everyone's weeping, and Mary and Martha are beside themselves because their brother Lazarus has passed away, and he's been dead for several days, and Jesus called him out of the grave. Talk about a miraculous moment. Now, now Lazarus was a walking testimony to the power of Jesus. You see, the, the, the religious leaders actually despised Lazarus because he was a walking, living, breathing testimony that Jesus was the Messiah, that he wasn't just some wacko prophet, that he was God walking earth, that he had the power to transform and change eternity in that moment. And so they despise him, but Lazarus is at the table and he's eating with them. And it says a dinner was prepared in Jesus's honor and Martha served, and we know if you've read and heard about Martha in the past, she was good at that. She had a gift of that. Martha served, and Lazarus was among them, those who ate with them. Then it says that Mary took a 12-ounce jar of expensive perfume made from essence of nard. Now, let me just pause right there in a moment because we got to just acknowledge the fact that if something is called essence of nard, I'm not sure how it really smells, if it's really a good smell. Because in my mind, I don't think of essence of nard as something that has a great smell to it, but it must have been. It says it was expensive, and she anointed Jesus's feet with it, wiping his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance but Judas Iscariot, the disciple who would soon betray Jesus, said that perfume was worth a year's wages. It should have been sold uh, and the money been given to the poor. Not that he cared for the poor, it says. He was a thief. And since he was in charge of the disciples' money, he often stole some for himself. You see, Judas right here has a heart issue. Jesus calls him out on it right there, though. He says, leave her alone. She did this in preparation for my burial. Uh, uh, you will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. Judas right here, he's the one that 
has an issue with this extravagant gift that Mary has. She takes a, a fragrance and anoints Jesus with it. She's at the feet of Jesus. I love that about Mary because we can see all through the Gospels when Mary is around Jesus, she's at his feet. She's listening. She's learning. And I think there's levels to that relationship we can see in this scripture. But Judas is here, and he's a little bit of a scoffer. In my mind, Jesus is like, he, Judas is saying, hey, that should have been given, that should, money, that should have been sold and given to the poor. And I feel like probably Jesus in a mocking voice, like, that should have been given to the poor. He's like, shut up, shut up, Judas. Like, you don't know. But he call, I love that he calls Judas out in that moment, and he says, listen, no, you're good. you always are going to have the poor, but this is an extravagant gift. This is, uh, this is an anointing of me. And Mary, get this, Mary here, this is just days before Jesus will be arrested and go to the cross. And Mary is the only one to anoint Jesus before he goes to the cross and pays the ultimate sacrifice. If she wouldn't have done this in this moment, no one would have elevated and anointed the feet of Jesus in that type of way. Think of the powerful moment and the reverence and, and the, the heart that she had for God. And she just showed it in that moment by anointing his feet before he went to the cross to pay the ultimate sacrifice for us. And sometimes, let me, let, me get you, let me give you this principle help this land with you today, because I, I think this is a principle when it comes to finances. Some, sometimes it's what you pour out that is preparation for God to do something miraculous in your life. I think we see that with Mary. She poured out. She had a, a tremendous gift. I think sometimes it's what we pour out that is the preparation for God to do something miraculous in our life. But there's levels to this. We see there's levels to our relationship with God. There's levels to our generosity. I think we see it in this scripture right here. We see it in Martha. Martha was all about the work. She was serving Jesus with her labor, and she was preparing the meal. She was ready to work and busily doing that. But Lazarus, he had different. He was a walking testimony. He was, he was glad to just be in the presence and share a meal with Jesus, and, and he could... Uh, he had the walk to go with the, to share the transformational power that God is doing in our life. I think that's another level that he had. But then we see Mary, she brought this heart of worship in this place. She brought a heart of worship in that house. And there's different levels to our relationship with Jesus. Why? Because God starts to engage our hearts on di at different levels. You see, as we grow in our faith, as we grow closer to him, we realize that God shifts things. He transforms things. He has another level. It's not like, hey, once I just receive the gift of salvation, then I'm in and I'm done. No, God has more for us. The best is yet to come in your life. There's more that he has promised. There's more that he's called you to. And there's another level that he has for you. And we, in our walk and in our journey following God, we should be pursuing that. We should be going after and say, God, I don't know what it is, but I'm open to it. I'm ready for it. I want to go after it. And I love the testimonies in this series that I've already heard. Already heard and the message that have been shared with, with me of just how God is 
uh, working in your life, how the things that God is challenging you to another level. And I love that God is growing us in that way, that he's doing that. And there should be different levels to our, our relationship with him, and there's different levels when it comes to our generosity, when it comes to uh, our giving. And they engage our heart at a different level. And today I want to just go over a few of those, and I want to talk about something and, the, and just share something. We're launching brand new today. I actually launched it, talked about it about a month ago at our, our one-year celebration. It's Kingdom Builders, and I'm going to share with you at the end today really what we're doing with that. But I want you to understand that there's levels to our giving. There's levels to our generosity. And when we have a banner on our ch in, our, in our church and a value that says out in the lobby that says we're generous, it's not just on that banner and it's not just in writing, but it's something that we want to live out. It's something that we believe that God's word calls us to. And we want to rise up and live that out, not just in, in print, but in action in our everyday life. And there's different levels to our generosity. The first one is this. The first level of generosity is just the tithe. Tithe is just the way that we uh, uh, give back. It's the way we it's an act of obedience, and we surrender to God. We've talked about this over the last two weeks. Pastor Robert Moore shared last week that that's the foundation of generosity. He shared the scripture from Malachi chapter 3, verse 10. It says this, Bring all the tithes into the storehouse so that there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord, uh, uh, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open the window of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough money or enough room to take it in. Try it. Put me to the test, he says. And listen, that's the one, the one way that God says, listen, test me in this. I'm going to, I'll come through every single time. And the tithe is recognizing that God is the owner and we're just the steward. That he's provided us great jobs and we're blessed because he has uh, ordered our steps and we're returning and live we're returning the 10% and just simply living in the 90% and that's the first level that we want to talk about that's the first level of giving that we have in our life that uh, we are called to give the tithe. We're, we're called to be obedient in the tithe. That's how we serve the church. That's how we reach more people for the kingdom of God. And that's the foundation there of generosity. And it's an act of obedience. Think of it like that. It's, it's a calling of God, then it's an act of obedience. The second level that we have is in Scripture we see that not only is there a tithe, but then there's offerings. And we'll talk about that a lot at Highmark. We'll receive our tithes and offerings. We'll say that over and over. We might say that. But it's different to tithe. Tithe is, tithe is a, a, a requirement. It's an act of obedience. It's God says, this is how I'm going to bless you, how I'm going to work through you. But offering is different. It's, it's a response. It's a response to God and what he's doing in our life. It's a response and it's a, a compulsion to give because God has freely given to us. Now, you might have heard of this scripture before. It says in 2 Corinthians 9, 7, it says, You must each decide in your heart how much to give and don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure for God loves a person who gives cheerfully. I love this. This is, this is addressing our heart right here. This is addressing our heart when it comes to our giving. Now, it's not talking about tithe right here because it's saying, hey, just give whatever you want. It's talking about offering. Offering is a free will. It's a, a choice. It's a saying, hey, I'm compelled and feel called to give. I love what God did through our church 
uh, with our miracle offering at the end of last year that in just a few weeks, we gave $8,000 and it came in because of your generosity and we, get, and we sent it out and we blessed other ministries and partnered with other mission uh, opportunities to make an impact on the world. Why? Because it's about Jesus. It's about the truth that he has come to seek and save the lost. He's come to set us free and we can't, we can't just hold on to that and keep that to ourselves. We got to be under the compulsion to say, you know what? I want to do more and I want to give because I want to see and make a difference. And I want to see more people hear the, the life-changing power of Jesus Christ. I love that. I love that God's saying here, or we see Paul saying in 2 Corinthians, listen, just do it as your heart feels led. And that's the same thing that we, we always just, when we talk about giving to a miracle offering or we giving to a ministry, it's like, hey, as God leads you, pray. What's the response? What, do you, what is God going to lead you to do? And I, that's a level of generosity that we see. And Scripture talks about uh, offerings that are just being decided in our heart. You see, tithe is obedience, but Offering is about kind of this overflow. It's about an overflow. And God wants us to have a cheerful heart. He wants joy to be in that. We're not giving it begrudgingly. We're not, again, like, oh, I got to do this or I have met. God loves a cheerful giver. I, think, I can't think of anything more powerful than that phrase right there. I don't know if you have the experience, maybe in every month you go to write bills and uh, pay bills online. You go to take care of your household needs. I don't think any time I've ever paid the electric company, I don't think of a time I've ever given to the gas company that I've been like, man, I'm excited to do this. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm grateful for the lights. I'm grateful for the heat. But listen, I don't have this joy that rises up within me. But I've, as I've been on this journey over, over a number of years, and God has grown my generosity, I have given offerings above my tithe and been challenged to go percentages above what I've given uh, personally, just above the tithe. And I, every time, have a joy that wells up inside of me that I can be part of what God is doing, be a part of reaching more people for him, be a part of building his kingdom. And I think that's what God wants. He doesn't want us to be, do it begrudgingly. But it's another level we get to in our generosity journey that we say, listen, I want to give an offering. It's above the tithe. I want to do it with a joyful and a cheerful heart because God has done so much for me. This comes back to, listen, we as a church, we are blessed to be a blessing. God has blessed us. We live in the richest country in the world. God has blessed us in so many ways. And we, don't, we want to steward that and be a blessing to those that haven't yet heard or don't have the opportunities that we have. And that's where our offering comes in. I love this, that we see tithe as the first level. We see offering as the second level. That third level is, is another step above. It's still an offering, but it's a sacrificial offering. That third level is a sacrificial offering. This is not giving out of just the abundance. This is giving out of, I don't have everything to give. I'm in a tight spot right now. But I think we see this modeled in the Gospels. We see Jesus uh, observe people that give in this type of way. In Mark chapter 12, verses 41 through 44, it talks about a widow who came. And it says this, now Jesus sat at the opposite 
of the treasury, and he's at the temple, and he saw how the people put money into the treasury. I think that's important. That, that word, how, right there, he wasn't concerned with how much. He was concerned with how they gave, the heart with which they gave. He wasn't looking at the physical, the, the physical act. Uh, he just observed how they were giving. He was observing how their heart was. It says that, and many people who were rich put in much. Then one poor widow came and threw in two mites, which makes a quadrants. And, and he called his disciples to himself and said to them, Assuredly, I say to you that this poor widow has, uh, she has put in more than all those who have given to the treasury. For they put in out of their abundance, but she, out of her poverty, put in all that she had, uh, uh, her whole livelihood. So we get a perspective here that it's not about the quantity, but it's about a sacrificial gift that she was giving. And Jesus valued that. I think times God calls us that there's another level of generosity that might come above offerings that it's saying, okay, it's going to hurt a little bit. I got to change the way I live. I got to modify my day in and my day out. It's going to be a sacrifice for God to give this, but God's calling me to it. Jesus, he's looking at this. He's, he's saying, listen, I'm, I'm observing, I'm watching their heart, how they came into it. And I, I think sometimes we can get caught up, like, with the amount. We can get caught up with, I don't have a lot to give. We might think, uh, what, it, what value am I? But listen, God values the heart. He values the, the intention with which you're giving. And it's, I can't give much, but, but she gave sacrificially. And God values that. And you might, we might struggle. With, we get hung up on the amounts maybe at the other end of the spectrum, and you might think, man, when I look at it, I give so much, and we got to be careful not to let this pride come in, but, uh, but you say, I give so much, but uh, the, the, it's less, it, the amount is less important than it is with the heart behind it, and Jesus was willing to just call this out in this moment and tell his disciples, listen, it's not about the big figure, it's about the heart, and it's about the sacrifice. I think sometimes God calls us to this place where we go to another level. We go to a level where it's like, I'm gonna, I'm, I might need to sacrifice a little bit. God's called me before to sacrifice. I've had to lay down some things. And, I, and maybe we don't understand that, that true sacrifice at times in our world. I, I feel like sometimes we're so blessed that it's hard to really understand. But maybe it's simple, it's a simple sacrifice of, you know what, I'm going to skip getting my daily coffee and I'm, I'm going to do something more for the kingdom of God. Maybe it's a, a bigger sacrifice. I'm going to modify my vacation destination a little bit and I'm not going to go to the luxury place. I'm going to go for the place where I can do more for the kingdom. I could still get some rest, but I'm going to do more for the kingdom. And I think that's the level, that's that third level of sacrificial giving sometimes God calls us to. You see, we don't have a problem with that in sometimes other areas of our life. We know how to sacrifice. We, did a, we started our year off as a church doing 21 days of prayer and fasting. And some people gave up social media. Some people fasted certain days of the week or gave up coffee or, or found something to say, you know what, sacrificially I want to I I do without in order to bring my attention to God. And I think sometimes God challenges us to that third level because it's just a refocusing of our heart and our attention back on him. Saying, hey, God, 
God's saying, listen, what, what would you willing to do? Look at the sacrifice I made for you. What would you do for the kingdom of God? And it's a spiritual discipline. And Mary here in this scripture, back to John, she poured out a, a perfume that was worth a year's worth of wages. Could you imagine that? Could you imagine if God uh, called you to do something like that? What would your reaction be? I put myself in those shoes and I'm just being real and honest with you. There might be a little bit of hesitation. Like, you don't know how much this nard costs, Lord. You know, like, you don't know how hard I worked and I saved and I, I worked so much and I, 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 did, I, I did so much. But I, I think what triggers in Mary's heart is an overwhelming gratitude and thankfulness. She's experienced because her brother, Lazarus, he died and then he was raised again. She's experienced the power and the transforming uh, work of Jesus in real life. And so she's overwhelmed with gratitude that there probably wasn't very much hesitation. There may have been a little bit something that she said, but she said, you know what? It's worth it because I would pay everything to see, have my brother back in those moments. And I remember the, what he did in my heart. I remember what he's done miraculously. And I think we have to come back to that in our own lives, that Jesus is the one that does the miraculous in us. He's the one that's worked through us. And let me tell you, he has saved us for a purpose, and he's called us because he has a mission for us. So we should live that out in our everyday life, and we should let that be a, 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 a cause us to worship. I love what J.D. just said during our worship time this morning because it's a reminder that, listen, God gave his son so that we could have life and life more abundantly, so that we could live in, in right relationship with, with God the Father, that we could be made right because of Jesus' sacrifice, and God gave first to us. And I think that should cause us to have an overwhelming response, an act of worship like Mary had in we see in that scripture. And sometimes people kind of want to, I, I, I think I just want to, I think I just want to talk a minute about, I didn't have this in my notes, but I want to talk about sometimes people make the church out to be greedy. And I want to just talk about it because I think there are some abuses, and I want to take a minute right now just to apologize if you've ever been in a situation where, hey, you've seen the abuse of God's finances. You've seen people uh, do things like buy private jets or Bentleys or whatever with God's money. Let me tell you, this is not that church. This is not that place. And uh, I'm sorry, but that, that, uh, that should not go on. And I want to just say, I, I think that is not what God intended for the church to do. We're here, we're here to take care of the poor. We're here to make a difference in our world. We're here to reach more, uh, more people for Jesus. And we're called to then steward that. And I want to just make that commitment to you as I've done through this whole series that Highmark, we don't want to be manipulative to, about finances. We want to, uh, but we're not, and we're not greedy. It just comes from our heart to do more for God and go to another level for him. That's, we're compelled by this gospel. We're compelled by what Jesus has done in our own hearts. Let me just take a minute. If you grab the little booklet, we put them on every other chair today. I want to talk a little bit about Kingdom Builders uh, because we talked about launching this. And this is just something new as a church that we're stepping into in faith as a church. And this is second level. As a church, we say, listen, we want to be 
faithful to our tithe and be obedient. And we support missionaries through that and uh, send out a tithe of our income as a church. We send out a tithe to support missionaries all around the world. And, uh, and, and we're committed to that as a church. But over and above, we are going to launch today something brand new called Kingdom Builders. And this is our offering. And so as we talk about tithe and offering in the future, I think you're going to hear it more like we're going to talk about tithe and Kingdom Builders offering. Uh, this is the area above our tithe that we feel like God is calling us to make a bigger impact and make a difference on this world. And uh, today I want to just share with you what Kingdom Builders is. It's a way that Highmark is committing to say, listen, we're going to do something uh, to, to make an impact globally, locally, and through future Christian leaders. And God is calling us as a church to, because we're blessed to be a blessing, make a greater impact. Let me just give you a couple highlights. The, I'm not going to go through everything in there, and I just wanted to draw your attention to a few projects that God has laid on our heart. He, I shared with this on Vision Sunday that I feel like God's calling us to do, uh, have a goal out in front of us this year, that $35,000 would be an amount that we say we're committing to as a church uh, as God provides, be faithful in giving and, and offering to uh, further the name of Jesus in this world. And everything in Kingdom Builders is zeroed in and focused in on building the kingdom of God. And it's not just through our local church, but it's through the capital C church. It's through ministries that are effective. And I love that we're going to be able to partner this year with uh, Priority One, who's building dormitories for students that want to prepare in Nepal to reach more people for Jesus. That is a primarily Hindu country. And there, there are believers there that are saying, God is calling me to go out and, and uh, proclaim Jesus to those that are far from him. And they have a calling on their life, but they need to prepare and they need to be trained. And so we want to partner with Priority One, who's building a dormitory for students to go to Bible college. And uh, 200 students will uh, be housed in this dormitory, and Highmark wants to be a part of building that facility and making a difference in Nepal so that we can reach people that are unreached for him. I love that in local church expansion, we're going to partner with Hope Center Indy, just like we did last year. But I want to call your attention to Rio City Church. That's a church in San Antonio that is going to be launching in September. And Chris and Ashton Myers are, have left their, their place of ministry and stepping out to launch a brand new church to find people that are far from God and tell them about Jesus. We want to partner with them this year and, and follow their story and be a part of their launching a church. Uh, many churches did the same for us. They, and we want to be part of paying it forward into the kingdom of God. I love this. My, one of my favorite things is our next gen. I feel like as a church, God, God is saying, listen, if we're going to build the kingdom, then we have to prepare the next generation to rise up and be the leaders of the church. We have to prepare, prepare our students. We have to prepare our kids. And I, I know we have people right now that are saying, hey, I want to intern and be a part of the, um, the ministry of Highmark Church. And I want to I launch this year a Highmark internship where students that are feeling the call of God, wanting to prepare for ministry, can intern with us and learn ministry and be part of what God is doing through the local church. I want to also scholarship students that are juniors and seniors to go on a global team before they graduate high school. I believe that we, uh, we have to expose our high school students to what God is doing around the globe before they graduate 
graduate and go to college. And I think it would be awesome for us as a church to deceive the next generation and say, we believe in you so much that we're going we're gonna to help you go. We're going to scholarship you so you can see what God is doing and be part of the ministry around the world. And God is calling us as a church to say, listen, I'm a kingdom builder. I want to go to another level. I want to make a difference. I want to I want to make an impact on this world. And if you look at the backside of this this uh, publication, you can take this with you and you can check it out. And we'll share more of this online in coming weeks. But we wanted to put this in your hand a little bit, and you can check out these ministries. They're they're ministries that we want 100% of what kingdom builders goes to just go right to the fund, those projects, and what God is doing in them, and we want to partner with them. And uh, listen, our prayer is that everyone in, at Highmark Church would say, you know what, I want to be a kingdom builder. I want to make a difference. And I, I don't care what the amount is that God's calling you to. I think, again, God's going to call us all to different places and different levels, and, and God's blessed us in different ways. And it's just something that we can pray about what God can do through us this year. I think one of the things I've been challenged in over the years is as I've gone into things like this, I've, I've purposed in my life to write down an amount, to think through like, hey, God, uh, as, what are you laying on my heart that I should do this year in 2020? And I, Jamie and I will pray about that, we'll talk about it, and we'll come to an agreement on, God, you want us to do this much. And we'll write that amount down right there, and we'll, we'll, we'll believe God for that throughout the year. And it's been awesome to see how time and time again God has provided. And I love that God has called us to write stuff down. It's a goal that we can set out in front of us. And I'm putting this goal in front of us as a church because I want to get to the end of the year and be able to celebrate the way that the, the things that God has done through us as a church. And I think that applies to us personally as well. That we can then look back and say, listen, I had this vision, I had this heart, uh, I had this calling that God gave us to set this out. And I wanted, to, I wanted to believe for that. I wrote that amount down and it was a goal that I put in front of me and look at how God helped me accomplish that. He blessed me in this way. He provided in this way. And then we can go back and say, God, thank you, thank you, thank you. What an amazing job. And my prayer and our heartbeat at Highmark Church is that as a church, we would just embrace that phrase, I am a kingdom builder. Why? Not because we're, we're being, we're not because of anything other than the grace of Jesus. Not anything other than the fact that he first sent Jesus. He gave his son to us first. So then we want to pay it forward into the kingdom of God to reach more people with that message of Thanks for tuning in today. We'd love to have you join us on Sundays at Highmark. Go online to highmark.church to get all the details and plan your visit. Remember, God has a high calling for your life, so keep pursuing your purpose.